0: Well, you got your Bibles let's make the devil nervous come on get them out say this is my Bible this
1: is my Bible
0: I can have I can have what the word of God
1: what the word of God says I
0: can have says I can have. I can do
1: I can do what
0: the word of God what the
1: word of God says, I can, says do, I can do
0: and I am
1: and I am what
0: the word of God what the word of God says I am, says I am.
1: you believe that this morning I do amen God's word is our treasure Father, we just come before you, and we just thank you for your written word. It is a compass. It is it is you speaking to us. And so, Father, we just put our ears on this morning to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And we just thank you that the devil is defeated in our life, and the Lord is victorious as we pursue you and your presence. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, we've been on this journey uh, with... Ephesians and we are not done. But we got some good stuff today.
0: How many have been just enjoying as we we're studying the book of Ephesians? How many I feel like you're getting you're getting more out of it. You're like God's helping you see stuff. Amen. Those watching online, I hope you're joining and and reading it. Don't just don't just come Sunday morning, read it at home, study it at home, and you'll get more and more and more nuggets.
1: It is a rich book. There's uh, the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer. And the cool thing about that is you don't have to come up with your own prayer. You just pray it for yourself and for your loved ones. It's a powerful thing. So we've done chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. So we are going to jump into Ephesians chapter 5 today. And we titled this, Lifestyle of a Believer.
0: Lifestyle of a Believer. Chapter five begins to tell us the practical. How do you how do you live the Christian life? What does it look like? And uh, you know we're really starting in in verse eighteen is where he makes it. He breaks it down really practical. He begins to talk about what it's like in your family. How do you live the Christian life in a in a family? What is a healthy family? that is believing in Jesus to help them, what does a healthy family look like?
1: Yelling and screaming and throwing things.
0: Not. (laughs) That's a big
1: noob, right? That's not the Christian family. So we need to find out and we need to apply. How many know just listening to the Bible, just reading the Bible is not enough? We have to be doers of the Word of God. And so this is where the Apostle Paul is really saying to us, Get your family to look like this and get your roles in the family to get in biblical alignment.
0: You know, if Christianity does not work for you at home, don't export it. Did you all hear what I said? If you cannot live this at home, then you better dive into the word of God and figure this out before you decide to export it. And you'll do us all a good service.
1: And if you're, you know, if it's a mess at home, just tell your neighbors and friends you don't believe in God. So that you're helping Christianity in reverse. So,
0: no. no are any of us perfect? Absolutely not. You're perfect. Absolutely close. not. Well, you're sweet, but I'm not perfect. And, but God does help us in the Word of God to be able to give us some practical things to be able to figure this out how to do it. The, his way. And so in Ephesians, he starts to do that. He starts to tell us. And in verse 18, you want me to go ahead and start? Do it. Don't it. do be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Boy, isn't that just practical? We could, we could preach right there. <laughs> instead, everybody say instead. instead. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And making music to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, as I read that first verse about don't be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, many times alcohol is referred to as spirits. Everybody knows that. How applicable. Because you can, I when I when I see an alcoholic home or a home that there is abuse, uh, alcoholic abuse, there is a spirit there. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's a, a very spirit. rough spirit. It's a very hard life, and the spirit that is there needs kicked out. Now, is alcoholism alcoholism real? Yes, it is. Is it an addiction that you can be free from? Yes, it is. I, I've lost count of how many people that I personally know, including family members, who have been freed from that addiction. And I'm so thankful. I also know individuals who are still struggling. And I'm tell- here to tell you there is a way out. There is a way out.
1: And there is liberty. You know, you started uh, talking about our family roles, but I noticed you started in Ephesians 18, But in our Bibles, uh, the spirit-guided relationships of wives and husbands doesn't start until verse 21. So uh, I like how you did that because you're talking about don't being drunk with wine in your home. But instead, how many know if your home is spirit-filled, it's a whole different atmosphere in your home? Yeah. So really, starting the family relationship starts in verse 18 by inviting the Holy Spirit into your home. I'm telling you, uh, we all know some powerful scriptures. The, um, the spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. The fullness of joy is through the Spirit of God. And if we have the Spirit of God in our home, it's going to be a game changer atmospherically. And uh, so this is a powerful, powerful truth. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. I'm just, don't, I'm just not a happy person normally all the time. I'm just, I'm just not that way. Well... Fake it, you know. I mean, uh, a pastor told us years ago, he said, if you want to be enthusiastic, act enthusiastic. And, you know, if you want joy in your home, act joyfully in your home. And, you know, you might have to just start out like, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit and the spirit of joy because we need joy. How many know we need some joy in the world today and especially in our homes? I mean, it's depressing you outside. You also know, have joy. I've changed,
0: I, I've changed it. You don't fake it. You faith it. Oh yeah! Did you all hear that? You don't have to fake it. You faith it. You call those things are not as though they are. And I love how practical here Ephesians get. The Apostle Paul, we all know he's the one who wrote this. He gets so practical. He, even 19. 19 Verse 19, he tells you how to do it. Get some praise music or worship music going in the background. If your atmosphere in your home is strife and fighting and slamming of doors, then it is time to change the atmosphere and how you do that. Verse 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Do you know about what, we all know that in the home chores happen, right? Yes. Wow, that was really weak. Yes. Sounds like one person's doing all the chores in it, this, the homes around here. Wow, I don't want to go in any of your homes. They must look disastrous because nobody's doing Nothing. But in the home, chores are taking place. Somebody's washing dishes, somebody's washing clothes, I hope, somebody's doing the floor, somebody's cleaning the toilet. I mean, chores are happening, right? Yes. Okay, that was a little better. In the midst of chores, you can be singing a little tune. You can have praise music going. I Care what your style is. I don't care what what you kind of music you like, but get some worship music going and sing along as you work.
1: Whistle it's awesome. while you work. <laughs>
0: while you Come work.
1: on, whatever <laughs> happened to whistling? We don't whistle much. We need to bring whistling. back. It says
0: making music to the Lord in your hearts. Now I'm very thankful. Y'all know my my home has been under construction. I am very thankful. For a contractor who has this concept down. Because when I walk in my house, praise music is going. It is awesome. I love it. It's like there's, there's praise going on in my home while my home is being constructed, reconstructed. It's so awesome. But that is, should be in all your homes. Because that is how you change the It's really hard to yell at someone when you are singing the praises to God. I'm just saying, just saying.
1: That's powerful. Let's go to verse 21. So, get some praise in your home. Get some joy in your home. It's biblical. Kick depression out. You know, sometimes you just got to open the front door and go, doom and gloom and despair, leave in Jesus' name. Joy, come on in. Just, I mean, just physically do that. Open up the front door and welcome joy right into your home. And then verse 21 says and further so he's further. continuing on submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ or you could even just What does put that look like Pastor Greg?
0: What does submitting to one another look like?
1: You know that is a word that we don't use much in our time frame right now because we don't want to submit to nobody. You ever want to submit to me. That's kind of the attitude in the world today. But it says, furthermore, talking about family life, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, um, I like this. Submission is a compound word. It really means come under the mission. And so a lot of families have mission statements in their home. Or you could even say it this way. What is the culture of your family in your home? We wanted to have a culture where our home would be heaven on earth that it would be a a haven of peace and love in our home. You know, the world's going to beat you up. People are going to say nasty things and be ugly and mean. But in our home, that's not the case. We want to cultivate a place where love, forgiveness is. It's part of our culture. It's part of our mission as a family and raising kids that we always tell the truth because if you don't, you will be beaten. But if you tell the truth, that is our culture. And uh, we love one another. We forgive. How I many you know having forgiveness as part of your mission in your home is a powerful thing, because we make mistakes. And if forgiveness is not a part of your mission statement of your home, come on now. You see what I'm saying? Laughter is, a, is part of a mission, Let's bring laughter into our home. Let's bring fun. Let's bring joy. Let's bring adventure into our home. Let's bring prayer into our home. You've done a good home. job with the adventure piece. So it's it's part of a mission statement of a home. It's, a lot of families will do this. They'll frame up a thing in their home. In our family, we are characters in the character of God. Brr, you know, lay it out. There's some characters. Yeah. So, but... What is the mission that the family is to submit to? Is it just loosey-goosey and whatever happens each day, whether chaos or frustrating or anger, we just deal with whatever the cards are dealt? Or do we have a purpose that today, this week, this month, our lifestyle in this home is going to be God and Christ-centered?
0: Boy, that's good. See, if everybody knows the mission, it's easy to submit to one another. And I love that it says, out of reverence for Christ. Do you know when you prefer one another in the home, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for Christ, for the sake of Christ. When you prefer one another and you others come first in the home, you do, don't do it to them. Do it for Jesus do it for Christ. Can we just
1: take this another step further Absolutely. and meddle here just a minute? Absolutely. Christ is another word for anointing or the anointed one. So if everyone is in the same mission, and if you talk if you go through the Bible and look up agreement and the prayer of faith of agreement, two people agree together as touching any one thing. Uh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil running down over the priesthood of Aaron. You know, it's just on and on and on. But if people in your home are submitting to Christ and the mission of the home to be a Christ-centered, your family will experience a new level of anointing. How many want a new level of anointing in our home? Well, let's bring it Christ-centered and we are a family that goes to church. We're a family that practices the love walk. We're a family that we don't have to be perfect, but we forgive one another, no matter how hard it may be. And dad, I'm really sorry. Your new craftsman tool set that one time I put on the back bumper of the car and you drove away and all the tools were lost. I mean, my dad's here and he had to forgive me. He had to because we lived in a Christ-centered home. I mean, he didn't forgive immediately, but he, he did get there. <laughs> but you know what? What you sow, you reap. And guess what my kids did? You know, so you know, so there you go. So justice was served, Dad.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take verse 22. It says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I want to talk about this for a little bit. A lot, of, a lot of people want to just breeze over that scripture. I want to talk. This doesn't mean you're wives, you're a doormat. But what it does mean is one of the greatest needs of a husband is, and I bet a lot of you know this because if, if you've been at this church, you know this, respect and Honor. And so when you are submitting, submission is your attitude. It's not like, well, I'm I'm submitting. No, that's not submission at all. Submission is of the heart. It's your attitude in it. So when you get your heart right towards your husband, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So when you get your heart right about your husband, guess what's going to come out of you? honor, and respect, your words are going to begin to flow. But pastor, you don't understand my husband. He's a rascal. He's a heathen. He's a, okay, for those of you who have unsaved husbands, we either watching me online or in this room, you need to go to Peter. We're, in, we're talking about Paul, Paul's letters here. You need to go to Peter. And Peter addresses this in chapter 3. Is it first or second?
1: It's, it's either written, first, it's written to women, so first, first or second. I'm going
0: off my memory here. Oh, it's written to women, so he blocked it out of his brain. But it, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, it talks about if you have an unsaved husband. And it says, by the way you act, they will respond. That you can act, you can still give an unsaved husband honor and respect. I don't care if you have to dig really, 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 really deep. There is something you can find to give them honor and respect. And honestly, you really shouldn't have to dig that deep. If you are, you need to check your attitude. Because there's more things. You married them. Come on. I'm talking real here. Oh, you found it. You're so amazing. First it's Peter First three. Peter 3, chapter 1. You married them for a reason. So it's time to get your attitude right. It's time to submit. Now, my husband's already talked about the prayer of agreement. Do, do Does the Bible talk about husbands and wives coming in agreement? Absolutely. This is not about husbands. You just get to do what you want to do and the wife's just like a nobody. No, husbands and wives, when you get in agreement, there is much power available. When you go to prayer in agreement, there is much power available. You all know, if you attend this church, you know I'm a strong strong woman. I think some of you love that, especially, it's funny, you'd think the women would love that. But I've had more men talk to me about that they've enjoyed that because probably they're married to a strong woman. And they see how you can make it work, even if you have a strong personality. You can make this work. You know those little tests you take? They came back as, we're both half caloric. That means we're both strong leaders. How does that work?
1: Basically stubborn.
0: (laughs) But how does that work in a godly fashion?
1: Well, because it's not just you and me in this marriage. We've had to ask for somebody to come in and, and mediate our marriage. And so, we've asked the Holy Spirit to come in and be a part of our life on a daily basis because probably one of us would have died by now. So, but when we come in agreement with the Holy Spirit, you know, even though we may be different different perspectives, when we know God's will on a certain thing, she can come to God, I can come to God, and the three of us, God, Starlene, and me, we come together. And I'm telling you, it works. Yeah and it's gonna work for the rest of our lives. So it's a powerful thing. Ephesians Amen. chapter 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, so wives, plug your ears. This means love your wives. So a lot of husbands respect their wives. But do you love your wife? And this isn't just love, oh yeah, you know, like Matt, I, I, I set the temperature, and I get candles, and, you know, we have a nice evening. No, love, yes, yes, in addition to love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. So what he's saying is, husbands, sacrifice for your wife. Give something up if you have to. To show your wife you love her. If you're not willing to give anything up or go an inch to meet her halfway, you are not in the love of God towards your wife. And that is an opportunity, going back a couple chapters, where the enemy can get a foothold in your marriage. We have to learn to love and give of ourselves. So, sometimes we need to ask the question to husbands, are you the priority or is your wife the priority? When money comes in, is it what you get to spend, or is it, you know, talk to her and come in agreement with how the money is spent, or her needs, do they come before your needs, or do your needs come before her needs? I mean, just simple stuff. Look how we love her as Christ gave up himself for us.
0: Boy, this is some practical stuff, isn't it? Let's keep going. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 1. It says. I didn't get
1: one amen on that. I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Husbands (laughs) were like, "Mm."
1: if I say amen, I might get hit. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, here we go. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children. So he's gone, he's gone the wife, he's gone the husband. Now he's saying, children. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So he's like doing the whole package deal of the family. Now he's gone to the children. What does obey look like? Obey means you listen to them and you respond. Am I correct?
1: No, 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 no. You may kind of hear their noise saying something to us. You nod your head, but you roll your eyes. Mm -hmm. That's what you do.
0: Mm -hmm. Nope, that's not what it is, is it?
1: That's when the heads start rolling. I mean, that's (laughs) what that is.
0: Obedience. Let's talk. Let's talk, kids. Let's talk. Is it hard to obey parents? Come on, kids. uh, I just got done teaching intermediate. Come on, kids. I know there's kids in this room. Is it hard to obey? You can, you can yell. Yes. yes. Yes, I've got kids in this room. It is sometimes hard to obey, isn't it? Say it one more time. Is it hard to obey? Yes. <laughs> I heard a big kid. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you know that everybody's been a kid at some point? And some still are. It is hard to be a kid, and that is why, kids, there's good news. There's good news. Everybody say good news. That's why we go to verse 4, and it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them.
1: <laughs> Rather. We're, we were talk,
0: how do we go from kids we to fathers? We went from kids to fathers. Just Rather, jumped. bring them up with the discipline. Everybody say Discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Right there, that's good news, kids, because it's saying don't, that parents should not provoke you to anger. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means if there's consistency in the home, everybody will know where everybody lies. So, there's a part that kids play. There's a part that fathers and mothers play. So, if a father or a mother says, uh, i got to think of a name that's, that's pretty generic. Help me think of a name. No, just a generic of a kid's name that we don't use very. Jane. There's not many Janes nowadays. Jane, go clean your room.
1: From the Doe family.
0: Jane Doe. Go clean your room. But Jane Doe is enjoying his video games. Her. Right. Did I say he? You I okay. Ralphie, we're going with Ralphie. <laughs> I don't hear many Ralphies anymore. Now, I know y'all went to the Christmas story. I know where you went. Ralphie, go clean your room. But Ralphie is enjoying his video game and Ralphie said doesn't say anything. So, then the father says, did you hear me, Ralphie? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. But he doesn't do it. Is that obedience? Now, here's, fathers, where the, where the clincher is, is do you expect them to obey? And that's just the way it's supposed to be. And there's consequences that are, here's what I want everyone in this room to hear, consistent. Everybody say Consistent. Consistency is your friend. Whether you are a child or an adult, whether you're a mommy or a daddy, I don't care who you are in the family, consistency is your friend. Here's why. Because consistency means the child always knows if I don't obey, this is the consequence, it's always the consequence. The parent knows if my child doesn't obey, this is the consequence, it's always the consequence. Everybody knows how the family runs. Are you following me? But when a child doesn't know that sometimes this happens, sometimes I get away with it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes there's a consequence, sometimes there's not. It's just a loosey-goosey household. And if I don't do it, sometimes there's a lot of yelling and screaming that happens. And there's doors that are slamming and yada, yada, yada. That's inconsistent. And nobody knows what anything is. That's why the Bible says fathers don't do that. Why? Because that's provoking your children to wrath because they don't know what to expect. Sometimes you let me get away with it. Sometimes you don't. I don't know which is which. So, therefore, the home is just like this, and there's a lot of chaos, and there's a lot of strife, and there's a lot of yelling. Am I helping you? Yeah. This is life. And Paul's trying to help the family here. He's saying, if you, will, if you will do these things, you can have a home that is peaceful. You can have a home where you're not yelling at each other. You can have a home where there's actually giggles and laughter and joy Because kids know, if I don't obey, this is what's going to happen. Are you following me?
1: You know, sometimes I think parents should just read books on how to train your puppy. How to train your puppy, because a lot of the things that they teach, other than the shock collar, but they, a lot of the, what they teach, what they teach how to train puppies is consistency. Is consistency. If
0: you want to train a dog and have a well... Some people don't train their dogs either, so their dog's just out of control too. But if you want to teach your dog, you've got to be consistent.
1: So here's God's point in this. If we got a hard time obeying moms and dads when we're kids, we're going to grow up into adults that we don't respect authority. And how many know we have a problem with that in our world today? But taking it a step... further beyond just authority of teachers and governing officials. But the ultimate authority, when God asks you to do something, if you've lived a life of practicing of disobedience and eye-rolling and I don't have to and make-mes, then when God asks you to do something, you've already put into years of practice or parents have allowed their kids years of practice of being disobedient, and then when God asks something of you, it's going to be really hard for God to get through. He's got to jump a lot of hoops. So, as parents, it is important that we love our kids in truth And in discipline and obedience, because God might expect something of them. He might have a calling, a mandate, a purpose for their life. And the only way he's going to get through to our kids is if they learn to honor authority and respect parental authority, because God is a father. And then when he says, you know, I want you to be a business person who makes bazillions of dollars, and then you give a huge chunk of that for the cause of Jesus Christ, well, if you've been a person of disobedience and self-centeredness that's not going to make any sense. How much would God have to do to get through to a person who's been steeped in selfishness and i don 't have to that's why God is saying, and there's promises for the children children who obey favor, blessing, it will be well with you. You will live a long and satisfying life. I mean, God's like, hey, I know this might be tough for you, and your parents might be a little messed up, but if you do this, God jumps in and says, I will bless you. Your life will have favor and honor and long and satisfying life. So God's on the kid's side if they will do some of this stuff. Thank God, right?
0: I just want to help somebody out there who is tired as a parent. And I think if you're a parent, every one of you can relate to those times when you were tired. I know I, know I can. And I distinctly remember um, during when my girls, well, it was my oldest. My oldest was the strong-willed one. And she like really strong-willed. <laughs> and I was exhausted. I was tired. And I wanted to pretend that I hadn't seen what she'd done because I was just tired. But I knew that I knew that if I wasn't consistent, that the process of training her how to obey would take longer. Because inconsistency, I've seen some who the, the children take way longer to learn this because of inconsistency in the home. And I knew, even though I was exhausted and tired, that if I pretended I hadn't seen it, that it would take longer to train if I was not consistent. And I remember vividly looking up at the ceiling and saying, God, I need your help because I'm so tired. I just want her to get it. I just want her to obey and I knew I had to follow through, even though I was tired. So, parents, ask the Holy Spirit for help when you need it. He is there, He is your helper to help in those times when you're exhausted.
1: You had a really aha moment with God one time when you looked up to heaven and go, God, you don't get it. You've never been a parent.
0: I did have an aha moment. <laughs> I told, I told, I did. I said to God, I said, God, you've never raised children, so you don't know how exhausting this is. And God just said so lovingly to me, have you looked at how many children I have? Have you looked at how, how out of control they can be? And I went, oh, you do have a lot of kids, and they do some stupid stuff. Wow, I am so sorry, God. You do know what it's like. You got more kids than I do. I had two. You got a lot. And I I stopped with that. You're right. I also, I thought you were going to say I had another aha moment, and this might help somebody else that's either listening or watching or in this room. When I found the verse in the Bible that says children are to be a delight, I realized if they're not a delight, Then I need to change something in the home because children are
1: a delight. Every parent needs to say, My children are a delight. My
0: children are a delight.
1: And sometimes you gotta say it by faith. Ephesians 6, we're just gonna kind of wrap this up real quick. Uh, We're gonna, the last two verses, because we got to go on to some of the, the warfare of a believer next time. But Ephesians 6, 5 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. And, you know, we're not living in a time where slaves are, but we are living in a time of employees and employers. So if you can just kind of change that from slaves to being an employee. employee. Obey your earthly bosses with deep respect and fear. Serve your boss sincerely as you would serve Christ. So just make a switch, you know. And there's a I've worked some some bad bosses in my time, and I I struggled with this. But God is good, and He was on your side. If we don't serve our employers with the same honor and respect that we give the Lord, the Lord's like you know it's going to be hard for you. We got to do our job. Ephesians 6, 9 says, masters or employers, treat your employees in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. You know, you're no better than your employees. The employers aren't any better. You know, Amen. he's just saying we all, we all come to the cross the same way. So respect one another.
0: There's somebody out there going, but you don't know my employer. They don't serve God. So what do you do with that?
1: You take this job and love it. (laughs) you got to love your job and work unto Christ. And sometimes it really takes faith because you may not like or respect or have any honor for the person that is, You're working for, but you got to remember: for whatever reason, you can learn something in a difficult place under difficult situation. Um, We're reading this book as a leadership team on. Sometimes uh, I think Corey was bringing up how uh, being in a classroom situation where the teacher was terrible and the student was just like bored to death, but his mentor said, "Why don't you take notes on?" how this guy could improve, so when you have an opportunity to speak sometime, you don't emulate them, but you're learning how to be better, and, and so, you know, you may not always be an employee, but you may be an employer, and you might have an opportunity, so learn what, sometimes the college of hard knocks is the college we learn the most from, because we learn what not to do. Sometimes it's better. I mean, that's unfortunately, oftentimes, the lessons stick deep and long. But we need to serve our employers and be the best, whether they're honoring us or telling us good job or not. Man, can we serve in our jobs as if this is kingdom business? I'm telling you, you will shine You will rise, and God will promote you. People won't promote you, but God will all of a sudden open up doors because he knows he can trust you in difficult places.
0: Amen. Would you stand?
1: Is Ephesians good or what? So good. I mean, it's not just all doctrine. It's how to be a parent, how to be a child, how to work, and how to take chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 and put them into practice in the family, in the marriage, in the workplace. Woo! Thank you. Father, we just come before you thanking you that you give us practical ways to live out our Christianity in a lost and dying world. By the way we live our Christianity practically, we are a light of hope to lost people. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and lost is a thing where, what does that mean? It means Jesus Christ is not in your heart. You're living your life for you or for other things. But today's a day where the Lord Jesus wants to extend his hand to you and just surround you with his love and his grace and his forgiveness and say, there is more to this life than the here and now. There is an eternity. I will help you today and all the days of your life, but I'm giving you an eternity with me in heaven. And if you have not prayed this prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in this place, today's the day, or rededicate your life to live on fire for the Lord, man, do it. Pastor Starling's going to lead us in a prayer right where we're standing. I'm gonna count to three, and on three, raise your hand enthusiastically. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. You ready? One, God is so good. Two, don't let anything talk you out of this moment. Three, respond by raising your hand in this place. Yes, yes, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. Would you all pray this prayer with them? Those watching online, would you pray this prayer? You need to you need to make Jesus number one in your life. Can you repeat this prayer with me? Say heavenly father.
1: Heavenly father. I thank you. I thank you.
0: For the blood of Jesus.
1: For the blood of Jesus. That
0: forgives me.
1: That forgives me. Today. Today.
0: From all. From all. My sin. My sin. Where I have fallen short.
1: Where I have fallen short. Of your best. Of your best.
0: And I ask that you would be.
1: And I ask that you would be.
0: Not only my savior.
1: Not only my savior. But my lord. But my lord. Completely
0: in charge. Completely in charge. I surrender it all.
1: I surrender it all. To
0: you to you i thank you i thank you i'm a new creation
1: i am a new creation
0: in christ in christ the old me the old me is passed away is passed away and the new me
1: and the new me is
0: longing for you is longing is for longing you. for your holy spirit
1: is longing for your holy spirit to be a part
0: spirit. of my life
1: to be a part of my life
0: i believe you
1: i believe you
0: rose again
1: rose again. From the grave. From the grave.
0: And I accept you. And
1: I accept
0: you Into my life. Into my life. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Amen.